bonjour, and welcome to the seventh week of Minus You. Last week we talked about submission to selective weakness, where I talked about my journey of reflection and reasoning into gender roles, and my view of family life with Nicholas's character traits. This week we are talking about probably my favorite subject in the during chapter, if not one of my top three episode topics of the entirety of Minus You which is unhealthy situations equals unhealthy behavior. I love this episode so much because it's one of the biggest lessons that I learned while Nicholas and I were really struggling, as well as when we were talking about getting back together. It created a way for me to understand actions and how they correlated into things that we were going through and struggling with. So let's go ahead and dive into this. You know how in my introduction episode that living in Florida was the fastest 18 months of my life? Well, that's because it was so, 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 so true. Nicholas and I encountered fast living and fast situations a bit before moving to Florida, but truly nothing in comparison from getting word of Nicholas's Disney College program application being approved and then moving across the country in literally three weeks. The reality is that you will always, inevitably, encounter stress in your life and in your relationships. This is completely unavoidable. Nicholas and I made choices like buying a house, moving, and massive workloads, like working like two or three jobs, which caused more stress than normal, for sure. But stress will just happen wherever you go. The week that Nicholas and I broke up, the week that I found out Nicholas was cheating on me, Nicholas graduated from college, got a promotion, we got the roof fixed, and I had just started a stable job. Everything that we had been stressed about for months was fixed in that week. And I left right afterwards. Nicholas told me many times after I left that when I left, it got very peaceful in his life. The funny thing is, is he would not, and I'm sure that he probably still will not, acknowledge this lovely convenience and coincidence that all this peace came into his life because all of our stressors were gone. It didn't necessarily have anything to do with me. (laughs) Stress is really hard. I learned a lot about stress after moving home with this concept as well. Nicholas said that I am not a calm person. And he wasn't and is not wrong. I am high strung. I am not a bump on a log. I'm not boring. I'm not quiet. I mean, the dude was with me for three years. Like, I think he should have known this. I mean, he was ready to marry me and knew this. But he identified our stress, my stress, and the expression of my stress as it actually identifying and defining who I was as a person. This was so hard because you can't necessarily convince someone who has known you for years that this period of stress and this period of hell isn't you. Like if if the time in the past before isn't proof enough that this period of insane stress right now does not convince you that I am not this person long-term and you've been with me for this long, I don't know how to help you, man. Like, I don't know. I, I guess you are just not able to handle stress well and you choose to project the issues or, or what, but it just, you, I can't, I can't convince Nicholas that I am not my stress. It was a completely losing battle. He thought and believed and believes actively, I'm sure, I mean, I can't, I can only assume, but from his actions, I can assume that he believes that I am my stress. 
this is not true at all. This was a really easy out for him to have as an excuse to not put effort into him and I. One of the last things Nicholas said to me that will forever live with me and live in my heart was this. I love who you used to be, not who you've become. I will talk about this quote in episode 11, but the point is, is that Nicholas tied my stress, Nicholas tied my stress to my soul, and it kills me to this day. Stress can be good, but we're going to talk about the bad kind, obviously. This explanation ties into the unhealthy situations portion of the title of this episode. In October of 2021, I was lucky, or unlucky, enough to be hired to be a house manager slash executive assistant for a mansion in Disney's Golden Oak neighborhood. I worked for a billionaire and his wife. Yes, I said billionaire with a B, not millionaire, billionaire. Now, the billionaire, the man was very kind, very quiet, honestly just sat in his recliner and watched Fox News all day. If you saw him on one of his random Walmart trips that he would take, you would have no clue that this guy was a billionaire. Now, the quote-unquote wife, on the other hand, she's probably the worst person I've ever met in my life. She has been married around five times, and every time she got married, she would marry for more money. He was 65, she was 36. You kind of can do the math and get what's going on in this situation. At first, all the money that I got to see in this job was just breathtaking. All of this Disney magic, this spoiling people, and this unlimited money for the guests at the house. But honestly, that magic kind of died pretty quickly when I spent $35,000 on Christmas decorations and spoke to her emotionally empty daughter that her mom had passed on to her mom because she didn't feel like raising a child. So my boss's wife's daughter. She just was like, I don't feel like raising a kid anymore. Like, I'm just going to give her away. This woman didn't really even have a soul because she was, I don't know, her actions just blatantly spoke this. But she had everything materialistically in the world. Everything. Like, she bought show horses just because. She turned in her driver's license just so people had to drive her everywhere. She called me her slave sometimes. The craziest thing I had to do is that, that I guess, that I can legally talk about, which one day I'll write a podcast more about this Golden Oak experience. It's going to be a whole other thing. But the craziest thing that I had to do was sit for four hours at the house to press the on button on a remote to turn on the pool lights. I'm not joking you. Seeing this frivolous money, private jets properties on multiple continents for being such a soulless person, it really changed me. It hurt me and it warped my view on money as well as Nicholas's. I don't regret the job, but I do have a perspective on money that influenced a really bad choice that I made when I was with Nicholas in a really dire situation we experienced. Nicholas and I, well, Nicholas bought a house that we had no idea that there was something horribly wrong with it. This is a four-bedroom house, our dream, our future. There's a lot more about the house in episode one. But less than three days after moving in, rain season begins in Orlando. We found 10 to 12 leaks in our roof. Leaks that grew to put gallons of water into our house. Turned the walls to mush 
potential of mold growth. The walls that I had painted turned streaky with stains. The floor was chipping and warping in the office. Nicholas and I were horrified. We had two hurricanes as well. Lots and lots of soaking wet towels, cups, pots, and pans filled with water. Our personal hell in this warped dream that we had acquired. We could not afford $11,000 for a new roof. We just couldn't. We already had to buy a new AC and a new stove and a new dishwasher from the previous homeowner who lived in the house before. The man's name was Arlen, and I seriously, again, I seriously hope he dies a terrible death because he was totally a factor in destroying Nicholas and I's lives. Anyways, here it comes. I got this brilliant idea from my unhealthy situation, my unhealthy example at work, that if I was an escort and I went on dates with older rich men, just like my boss did, we would be more than financially able to pay for the roof. So I sit down with Nicholas and I talk with him about this. Nicholas says, okay, I'm going to say that one more time. Nicholas approved this. And so I joined this site called Members Seeking. It is a dating site for rich old men who want pretty young women to spoil. Now, let me say this right now. I was not going to sell my body or sexually interact with anyone. I was not going to let anyone touch me or send inappropriate photos or anything like that. And I never did. It was purely going to be escorts and dates, which this is a, a real thing that people do. You can look it up. It's really sad to read about, but it's a real thing. Nicholas hated the idea, but he saw where I got the idea from and reluctantly saw the potential. I did not do this without his permission. He actually had his own account for some time, looking for these older women that had money who would want to spoil a handsome young man. So he, yeah, he actually had an account on Member Seeking as well. So yes, my Golden Oak Disney magic situation gave me the wackiest idea ever. I went on one date at a biscuit and gravy shop. The man spent 45 minutes telling me about his ear, nose, and throat business and this weird nose surgery inflatable plankton canal thing. And honestly, I don't even think he paid for my meal. I never went on one of these member-seeking dates again. During my time on member-seeking, Nicholas really grew to hate it. He told me he didn't like it anymore, but I was stubborn in believing that this was really one of the only ways for us to afford a roof. If I worked for my boss, it, excuse me, it worked for my boss. And, like, heck, I was 21, not 36. So, you know, I'm probably more attractive than a 36-year-old. We argued about this, and he was pretty upset about it. I would hide, like, potential dates from him until I knew that I was going on one for sure, which is why I never went on that, uh, which I never went on that one, I never went on any other dates besides the one that I mentioned. And he would read my messages and, like, block people, and I had no idea about this until, like, months after we broke up. The whole thing was just really fucked up. I never should have done it in the first place. He never should have said yes in the first place. I should have stopped when he asked me to. 
And I really wish I just never got that example in the first place from my wicked boss. I deleted members seeking by choice a few weeks before Hurricane Ian hit. Hurricane Ian destroyed our roof even more, and it was really bad. If you can even imagine, it was already bad, and then it was, like, t way, way worse after Hurricane Ian. God blessed Nicholas and I with an insurance claim from Hurricane Ian. Like I said, that ugly and painted destroyed roof was gone, and it was replaced with a brand new one just, like, two days before I found out Nicholas was cheating. I think our very first Thanksgiving together in our house was with the roof already finished, and it was one of the nicest days I'd had with him in a really long time. Um, Thanksgiving Day weekend of 2022. Um, that Monday was the day that I found out he was cheating, so after, you know, Black Friday and Thanksgiving and all that stuff is, is the day that I found out what was going on. And that Thanksgiving was our first Thanksgiving in, our, in what was supposed to be our home, um, we were engaged, and, um, yeah, it just completely fell apart that Monday. It was very, very sad. That Thanksgiving was a beautiful memory for us because a lot of stressors were gone, including the roof. But, as you can see, it did not work out. Nicholas was really hurt by my choice to ignore his feelings towards member-seeking, which I understand and I'm really sorry for doing. This was one of the reasons that Nicholas chose to download Tinder and start looking for attention and sex elsewhere. Honestly, I'm just going to say this. I am not going to talk about sex on this podcast because I do not believe that with stress and hard situations and relationship struggles and our exhaustion or really anything else that I need to give an explanation for having a low sex drive, I will not talk about that or encourage other women to defend their libido levels during hard time, or frankly, just at all. I will not do it. It is incredibly demeaning. To my grave, I will not defend Nicholas's choice to look for sex outside of our relationship and our engagement. I was and am far more valuable than what I quote-unquote put out to Nicholas or any man in the bedroom. Sorry for my rant, I just had to say that really quick though for you guys, because I know it was on the radar. Back to the unhealthy behaviors. We have talked a lot about the unhealthy situations that Nicholas and I went through to lead both of us to make unhealthy choices. Nicholas's relationship with his mom led to emotional abuse and manipulation. This led Nicholas to make really terrible choices with our future, my emotions, my prioritization as a girlfriend and fiancé, and for the house that we were going to buy that he took from me under Jen's discretion. I competed in pageants for seven years, leading me to have a disregard and disbelief that hard work gets you anywhere. Because in pageants, you can do everything right, and nobody actually cares at all. This led me to view hard work as kind of invaluable and a lie which led me to make some very lazy choices, which affected Nicholas. I was also greatly emotionally invested in pageants, causing depression and stress, which affected my time and my love with Nicholas due to my, my stress and pain management with pageants. Nicholas taking on too much at work and school. It was so hard, but he chose to put our relationship in the back burner with everything he was juggling. I kissed my neighbor before moving to Florida, 
Nicholas knew that and then just chooses to emotionally check out of the relationship and then begin emotionally looking at other girls at work. Even ones that I knew that actually came to my house. If you apply this concept to things that you are going through, this equation checks out almost every single time. Let me make this clear. Unhealthy situations equals unhealthy behavior does not excuse the behavior at all. We are all completely responsible for our actions, myself included, for the really fucked up stuff, the fucked up choices that I made. We can't just say like, oh, well, like life was hard, so I did this terrible thing. But this concept allows for you and your partner to see a succession pattern. We are all fighting life together. Life is hard. Life is not easy. It never will be. But to see a string of events, the fault in both, and the struggle, <laughs> it allows us to heal and forgive and understand a little bit more. Again, this does not excuse the action. My unhealthy work environment did not give me an excuse to disregard Nicholas's feelings and continue pursuing member seeking. Nicholas's unhealthy situation of his mom playing tug-of-war and saying degrading things about me to Nicholas was not an excuse for him to allow it to continue or play along regarding a whole frickin' house. Hell, like, we are adults, we can take responsibility for our own wrongdoings and our own seriously wacky and hurtful choices. If you and your partner are facing a situation that is bad, stressful, unhealthy, which in time you will, if you haven't yet, let me say that one more time, you will encounter this in your relationship if you have not yet, take time to look at the whole line of events. Examine your choices Examine the situations, examine your trust levels and your active, active, not just verbal, active dedication to one another. Also ask yourself this, which is so important. Is my loved one actively trying to hurt me and disturb my peace? Or are they hurting and not at peace in their situation? possibly being a large driving factor in their negative choices. Your loved one is not their hurt and their stress. You know their soul best, not their hurt and their stress. My Nicholas, the Nicholas that I love, was stressed out of his mind. And no one could have prepared him or me or I for the hell that we faced with the house and him with work and school and moving. Stress got the best of my Nicholas and stress altered his choices. And the same goes for me. I can't say this is necessarily true because the Nicholas now did not want to change or work things out with me. But the Nicholas that I keep in my heart is the person that I said who let stress alter his choices. I would say the same for myself. I let stress and a bad situation get the best of me. It allowed, I allowed it 
to alter my views, my morals, and choices that hurt my loved one. But it wasn't Madeline. It wasn't the soul of Madeline. It was the stressed, afraid, desperate, and frantic Madeline. And I'm hoping and um, in my heart I want to believe that the same could go for Nicholas. This way of thinking can be a slippery slope. It is a way to enable your partner's bad choices. But this is a tactic that I would use when you and your partner are really trying to heal and make active, healthy choices together. If this viewpoint is abused or used wrongly, it can make your partner feel as if they can keep blaming their bad behavior on situations, which this is not the goal. The goal here is understanding how to work together, grow together, and make the next unhealthy situation not lead to unhealthy behavior because you are strong as one person, as one couple. My mom is very Christian and talked about a similar concept where you choose to lay the bad choice, you lay the sin down at the foot of the cross, not at the person. Also kind of a slippery slope, but the idea kind of remains the same. Nothing in life can prepare you for life, which is a kind of silly thing to say. But this idea allows you to potentially get back to the soul of your partner and see the person that you fell in love with again, even through all the hard times, as they will come. I promise the quiet will come again if you both make the hard choice to live and love each other through the noise. I will see you next week for the eighth and final episode of the During Chapter of Minus You, which is all about me. This was the first concept I came up for in Minus You for all of its entirety while I was on the phone with my best friend. So, until next week, adios. Adios.